Uh, we're talking about Harry Potter today. Harry Potter. And uh, so I, I, you know, what we're doing, here's what's happening. is We're taking uh, the year's blockbuster hits, you know, kind of, you know, some of the top ten blockbuster hits from the year so far, and uh, using them as a springboard to talk about a spiritual theme. That's what we're doing. I mean, you know, so we don't want to kind of feel like you're getting baited and switched. Hey, I'm going to go watch Harry Potter. We're just talking about it, all right? That's what's happening here. And, and so this week we're looking at Harry Potter, especially the Deathly Hallows Part 2, which I think in a series of Harry Potter movies, it's like number 29 or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but uh, we've got a movie trailer that we're going to show right now and try to set you up. I'm just curious, how many Harry Potter watchers are in the room? It's okay. I mean, it's okay. I mean, you know, Lord, I pray for all those that have raised their hands. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead. You ready? Let's show that. Where we started together. Only I can live forever. That's intense, isn't it? Well, I, 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 I got a couple confessions to make. Before I do that, you know, did you guys know that uh, Harry Potter worldwide in four weeks passed $1 billion in sales? I mean, we're talking crazy, crazy numbers. Um, it's by far the, the number one hit of the year. So 
Um, here's my confession. I am not personally a big fan of Harry Potter, even though I, I, I admit, I think I'm about, a, I'm about a halfer. I've probably seen about half the movies. So if you're, here, here's the disclaimer. If I misrepresent the Harry Potter novel in any shape or form, do not write me. Do not catch me in a corner, beat me up because I defied, defiled the Harry Potter story. I'm going to do my best, okay? How's that? I did this week watch five and a half hours of Harry Potter, part one of Deathly Hallows and part two. I'm feeling fairly confident with my Harry Potter trivia right now. Ready? Go. What's his middle name? James. <laughs> Yeah, okay, there you go. So now, now all the Harry Potter people are like, yeah, Harry Potter, Harry James Potter. Anyway, so tons of movies. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. The basic storyline, for those of you do, that don't know, Harry Potter is an orphan boy who has a special gift in this whole world of wizards and witchcraft, which, by the way, God is totally opposed to that. So you can, you know, we, we're not going to really talk about that today. But Harry Potter is an open boy who is a special wizard that has found himself in the middle of an epic battle. That's, that's the storyline, basically. He's in the middle of this whole thing. He has two sidekick friends, Ron and, and Hermione. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And they're always there to help at the battle. I mean, they're, they're, there's, they're just kind of there and, and, and all this kind of stuff. There's a couple thoughts. You know, Lord Baltimore is the evil villain. Professor Dumbledore, I love these names. Professor Dumbledore is killed in this kind of process. Professor Servius Snape is part of an interesting twist. And there's tons of action. It's an amazing movie. It really is. I mean, it's got all kinds of stuff going on. But here's some random thoughts that I had about the movie as I was watching it. First of all, Lord Voldemort needs a nose job. <laughs> and the guy's hurting, man. It's like, that, that picture actually does him a little bit better. The side view is hideous anyway. But... Uh, the second thought I had is this, is during the movie, and I don't know what this is about movies that are action-packed where people are dying left and right and everything else. Well, there's like two random kiss scenes have nothing to do with anything. But, I mean, they're like sword fighting, wand flashing, and things are flying, and all of a sudden they catch each other's eyes. And then they go back fighting again. I'm like, what in the world? That happens twice. So that's just really weird to me. The other thing, and this one is huge, because this, to me, really tells you that the story is not true. All right? Harry never loses his glasses. <laughs> I mean, the guy is, like, flying over stuff and hitting walls, flying cliffs. I mean, going, I mean, he's, like, everywhere, and it's always just perfectly on. Here's what I thought, and I was watching the whole time, is somehow he's got one of those little rubber things around the back, you just can't see it. So anyway, you can take that with, for what it's worth. So, all of that to say this, what is a spiritual theme that we might uncover from this series? I and mean, what is that? I mean, what, what is there that's, that's, that really can make a difference in our lives today? And I, th I think there is one. I, actually, there's a ton of them. But, but Harry, Harry Potter's life was one of destiny, one of destiny. I mean, it was kind of in, in the early, actually when he was a baby in a crib, it actually, his destiny started. And, and so this whole idea, so the key spiritual thought for us today 
is simply this. We all have a destiny. There isn't a person in this room that doesn't have a destiny with God. In other words, there's, there's something that God has created you for that only you can be a part of, and He has done that, and it's happening right now whether or not you see it or recognize it or you think it's a reality. God has a destiny for you. He really does. And, and so throughout the Bible, what we have is we have this predominant thought or idea that weaves itself all the way through every, almost every page, every story, every idea or thought that you can find in an entire Bible is this idea that God has a destiny for all of his creation. That he wants us to be a part of something big and he wants us to be a part of something that's epic and he wants us, and it's just happening. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, wow, this is going on. I mean, for example, I mean, if you go way back, you go to Noah, Noah had a destiny to build an ark. Moses had a destiny to set an entire nation free from slavery. That was his destiny. I mean, God put him there in that time and that place to make that happen. And then you go on to the New Testament, and you find Jesus, and Jesus is walking around, and he's picking people. I choose you, I choose you, I choose you. And he chose 12 and apostles, the apostles. And really what he was doing is he was choosing them because they had a destiny to change the world. And some of you are going, well, I don't know if I'm going to be like an apostle or a mo- like Moses or Noah. But here's the reality. The reality is every single one of us has a destiny with God. I mean, you, 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 you were created for this special little thing. And, it, and it's a moment. And, and here's an interesting thought about it. You know, Jesus is choosing you and you have a destiny and you are not an accident. You are actually very intentional. God knew you even before you were born, it says. He knew you in the womb. He knows you so well that he knows every hair on your head. He knows the exact number. So every one of you has a number in heaven. Somehow, you know, it's like 4,520. 16, sorry. Uh, I mean, God knows exactly everything about us. He knows where we're at. And so you're not an accident. But here's here's the deal. Life is very, very short. Matter of fact, Scripture talks about life being like a mist or like a blade of grass that comes one day and it's up and then it's gone or like a vapor it talks about being a vapor and then another way it's talked about it, it's 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 like a moment in other words we just have this moment in time and and some of us maybe we have 10 years maybe some of us we have 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 but you have this moment and in eternity it is just a moment that somehow I would fulfill this destiny that God created me for, and somehow I would be in this place that I would know that I'm not an accident, and some reason, some way, somehow, God has me here for a purpose. I have a destiny. And so for that to come alive in us. Now, each one of us have a moment in time then to fulfill our destiny, and and when we say destiny today, we're, we're talking about it in a biblical sense. And, and this idea of God and destiny and you're chosen and you were supposed to be a part of something really, really big. And, and so if it's in a biblical sense, we're not talking about some happen chance. We're not talking about some fate or some luck or some just accident or something. Well, hey, that's the way it was supposed to be. We're talking about a very deliberate, very intentional, very directed, designed impartation of God. Well, that's a big word. God would be all over it. He would ha- make it happen. Pause just for a second. You know what? I'm not used to the popcorn eating. Everybody just eat it once. Just, just throw it all out. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crumpled the papers. 
I mean, it, it, not that it's bad. I'm just saying, man, it's just kind of, I got to get the mu- mood of this popcorn thing going on here. <laughs> All right. Whew, man. I thought I got too much sun yesterday, by the way. Yeah, so anyway. I've got burns on my ears, my neck, my forehead. Anyway, where was I at? Jesus. All right. Uh, so, so all this is happening. Uh, we got this destiny. It's not an accident. It's not luck. It's, it's very planned out. It's, it, God has a plan for your life. It, it's, it's very real. There is something epic happening right now. See, some of us, I think what's happening is we don't realize that we're part of an unfolding story. Even in the very situation that we're part of today, it's unfolding. Just like Harry Potter. I mean, there was this unfolding of a story. There was this unfolding of this huge, epic drama that was taking place. And in our lives, it's really happening with God. It's all unfolding. It's, and you and I have a role to play. But too often, what happens is we miss our destiny. We just miss it. And we go a lifetime, and we just so well, I, I don't know. And, and we just miss out on that moment. We miss out on that time that God had planned for us and what he wanted to see happen in our lives. We just kind of miss it. And so really what happens is we miss the moment of our lives. And I don't know about you, but I always wonder, this is a weird thought that I have all the time, is I think, we, is today the day? Is today, today the moment happens? Or is it all one big moment? Because I think it's both. I, I think God has both for our lives. I think some of us, There's a moment that you will fulfill according to God's destiny in your life that could be very specific to time. It's just this one window. It's this one time. And God set you up and is setting you up and planning this out and wants you to be a part of this incredible, epic moment in life. And maybe it's today. I think that all the time. Other ways, though, I think sometimes it's just our our lives. We look at our lives and God is looking at your life and says, your life, the moment that you have on earth, is your destiny with me, and let's make the most of it. Let's see what we can do with this. Let's, let's try to figure that out. And so all that's happening as well. So how do we miss it? Here, let me, let me give a, just a few thoughts of how we miss it. First of all, we miss it when we have a I'll wait until tomorrow attitude. I'll wait until tomorrow. Someday I'll fulfill my destiny. Someday I'm going to get really serious about this thing. I mean, I love coming to Southridge, and man, it's cool, and God, I know God's real, and, and I got this idea that he, he really does like me, and he wants to do things in my life, but someday I'm going to get serious about what God has planned for my life. Someday. Tomorrow. See, the problem with tomorrow thinking, though, is it never quite comes, does it? I mean, we never quite get to tomorrow. It's always the next day. It's always down the road. Somehow we don't ever get there because I'm always doing something other than that today. And so I think that's the first one is that, but right now I'm going to do this instead of going after my destiny, instead of being sensitive to my destiny. Second one is this, is we miss our moment in life when we listen to the other voices. In, in the movies, there's this thing that keeps going on, and if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Harry will be kind of, Harry Potter will be doing his thing, and and as he's going along, all of a sudden, in some moment or whatever's going on, you hear this, Harry. It's kind of spooky. Harry. You know, and at, at times, I think other people can even hear it. If I remember the movie right, I think other people are going, Harry. <laughs> you know, they're calling you. You know, it's like all these voices. And he's trying to resist these things because he realizes he has a destiny and he has to hold the course. But the voices keep coming. The voices keep coming. 
And see, to apply that in our lives and our things is, is we have all kinds of other voices calling us in other directions than God's. And see, sometimes it's hard to hear God's voice amongst the static, if you will, or amongst all the other people that speak as though they are God. They, they think they know. They got, they got all the answers. They're going to give you the answer. And God's kind of over there. And see, the point is, is many times we miss our moment with God because we listen to the other voices and we're not listening to the voice. The one voice. The voice of the master, the voice of our creator, the voice of the one that made us. And he said, no, this is your destiny. You see, sometimes we're listening to the, to the voice of our own hearts, you know, our own. That's what we guide ourselves, how we feel in the moment. And we get lost along the path of our destiny because we're going by what we think our heart is telling us versus what God's spirit should be saying to us or is saying to us. So listen to other voices. Here's, here's the other one. It's just simply this. We, we miss our moment in life because we give up too soon. We give up too soon. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I like things that go easy. Anybody else like things that go easy? I mean, I just like things that go easy. I mean, it's, you know, this, this week we went to, uh, uh, to the lake, took some leadership, took that boat, you know, the boat that I've been trying to get float. It does float. Woo-hoo, yes. It started once. Woo-hoo. Went to start it again, it wouldn't, <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, w- w- all kinds of problems, and we're standing there, and Jennifer's standing at the dock holding on to everything. She's got keys and phones in her hand, and all of a sudden, plop, and I kind of look over at her, and she goes, oh, crap, I just dropped the keys in the water, <laughs> like my truck keys. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, I like it when it goes easy. And all of a sudden, it got really hard. She's, having, she's like breathing hard, and I'm breathing hard. So I, I'm like, you got to go swimming. Some guy over there, they're kind of laughing and chuckling. They said, it's only like four feet. So she gets down there, and she's like here, and she can't touch. She goes, I can't touch. I'm like, you're going to have to go under. She goes, I'm not getting my hair wet. <laughs> so I grabbed her hand, and I know, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. So I took off and I jump in there, man. I'm sweating. I, I, my heart's racing so hard I can't, I can't even hold my breath because I'm like nervous or something. Then I, I jump in, I go down a little bit, I breathe in, I choke in, I come up real fast, I hit my head on the boat. I mean, I'm like, you got to be kidding. It's eight or nine feet deep, not four feet deep. So I'm like swimming down and it's like three inches of mud. Easy is not part of the game now. I wanted to give up, but I couldn't because we would have been stuck. So sure enough, we kept going, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, three, four, five dives later, I come up, yes! It, and here, here's the win of it right here, is the little thingamajigger that clicks the, the things on and off still works. Is that weird? Yeah, yeah. Destiny. <laughs> Harry. You know. Anyway. But we give up too soon. That's, I mean, that's what happens. We give up, and, we, and fulfilling your destiny many times is just not quitting. I mean, you know, I, and here's the thing about life. Life will, I guarantee it, if you haven't experienced it yet, it will be hard at times. Guarantee it. Matter of fact, if you choose to follow Christ, it's going to be harder at times, not easier. And so if that's the case, and I've got a destiny with God, I've got to realize that many times the missing of the moment that I have with God is because I simply give up. I don't finish the race. 
I don't stick with it. I dive once and say, forget it. It's too hard. You've got to stick with it. So those are some missing the moments. Here, here's a couple thoughts about Harry, and I think it kind of fits into this. First one is this, is that Harry had to fight the attacks of Lord Voldemort. He was always after him. I mean, it was like constant. And so this whole idea of a destiny with God, it's just like that. I mean, not exactly like that, but there's a lot of truth to us fighting for our destiny. And then there's other parts in the movie where, where he had to find the keys or the answers to how he was going to fulfill the, the destiny that he had. I mean, he had, he, you know, he had all these little gizmos and stuff, and there was like little secret things inside of him and all that kind of stuff. And, and they were called horcruxes or something like that. I don't even know what they were. But anyway, and so he's going through this whole process. Sometimes he didn't even know what he was looking for. I mean, one time he got in a place and he said, hey, I'm looking for something. Everybody's like, well, let's find it. He goes, I don't know what it is. You've got to give us a little bit more here. You know, charades or something. We're not really sure what's going on. In our journey with God, sometimes we don't know exactly what it is, but we know we've got to go after it. We've got to go after it. We've got to fight for it. We've got to chase after the key and find that. So what about us? What about us? What about us? How, how, how do we do this? I mean, because I'm talking you know, a little bit about the, the story of Harry Potter, but, but to bring the reality, if you will, back into this. I mean, what about in real life? How do I find my destiny? How, how do I find that moment with God? How do, how do I go? And, 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 and again, none of us knows how much time we have. I mean, it might be today. Today might be the moment. I mean, how do I find it today? How do I do that? I mean, what's, what's some of the keys? What's some of the answers? What do I need to uncover or unpack? And here, here's, I think, some of them. I mean, obviously not all of them, but some of them. The first one is this, is that I need to realize something. I need to realize that I'm part of something much, much bigger than myself. See, if the only thing I have right now in my destiny is me, and I don't realize I'm part of something really big, I'm probably going to miss it. I've got, I've got to realize that I'm part of something really big here. I'm part of this story that God is, is unfolding. I'm part of this thing that God has created, and He's interactive with it. And I'm part of this. It's bigger than me. I've got to understand that. There's a phrase in the first movie uh, of Deathly Hallows, in part one, and it's, and it's Ron talking to Harry, and Harry's kind of wanting to take on the world by himself, and there's a little conflict there. And here's the phrase, you may be the chosen one, <laughs> I love this, mate. You may be the chosen one, mate, but this whole lot, this whole, this is a whole lot bigger than that. And see, sometimes what happens is, is if we don't understand that we are part of something really, really big, then we don't take it seriously. And not only if we don't understand that it's really, really big, and we just think that we're the only one, and we don't understand that we're part of a big group of people that are part of something really big at the same time, then we miss out on it too. Because sometimes the people in your lives are actually there for a purpose to help you find your destiny. Second one is this. Our calling is to embrace a life of separation. You know, in the, in the movie, I keep referring back to his movie, Harry knew he was unique. He knew he was different. And see, in, in the kingdom of God, when God gets a hold of your heart, all of a sudden, everything else is different. When God gets a hold of who you are, you don't, you don't go to the same places that you used to go and feel good about it. 
I mean, you know, you, you get a hold of God, gets a hold of your heart, and all of a sudden the Friday night party scene just doesn't feel the same. All of a sudden, the stuff that you used to be really comfortable being a part of, there's something in you that just kind of convicts you and says, you know, this isn't what God wants. And here's why. Because it's part of the destiny that you and I have. And it's, it's that high calling to embrace a life of separation. The Bible talks about it as being holy. Well, holy. And really, holy just means simply this, to be separated for God. In other words, I'm put aside from everything else in the life that corrupts or is impure or whatever it may be that isn't God, and I'm set apart over on this side so that God and I can partner together, him being the senior partner, I being the junior partner, and we can move forward in the destiny that he has for us. And so this whole thing is happening, and so really it's a partnership with God. I'm separated for God, and there's a question that I have to ask with this one. I mean, here's the question. When you're moving in and out of life, just ask yourself, is this, whatever this is, the behavior, the, the relationship, the activity, whatever it is, is this fulfilling God's destiny for me in partnership with him? In other words, would, and here, here's the scary part. A lot of us are part of stuff that God wouldn't even be 100 miles close to. And we want to somehow find destiny. And so those two things don't go together. And so I have a calling to embrace a life of separation. Here, here's a verse of Scripture, a couple of them. Ephesians 4, it says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live this life worthy of the calling you have received. Calling to what? Calling to be holy, separated. And Peter, he talks about embracing this separation in 1 Peter. He says, So then, have your mind, so it's actually a thought process as well, ready for action. Keep alert. I mean, this whole idea that it's not like casual. It's not like, ah, I'm, I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm taking this seriously. I'm, I'm separated for God, and, and I'm looking at stuff that's going on in my life, and I'm staying alert because I'm saying, hey, that's not part of the partnership. That's not part of the gig. And God's changing that in me. So keep alert and set your hope. In other words, look to the future, to what God wants to do in you completely Set your hope completely on a blessing which will be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Be obedient to God. Do not allow your lives to be shaped by those desires you had when you were still ignorant. So, man, you're different now. Instead, be holy in all that you do, just as God who has called you is holy. In other words, be separate. Because you can't find your destiny unless you're separate. You can't get there from there. Next one is this. Our ultimate goal, so our first one is our high calling, our calling. Our ultimate goal is to bring God glory. Big churchy word, glory, which basically just simply means this, is we're going to make everything focused on Him. Everything I do is going to focus attention on God. Everything I do is not going to. It's not going to be about me. It's not going to be about what I can accomplish. It's going to be about what God is doing and what He's accomplishing and how great and how big and awesome and loving and all the things that God is. That's what I'm going to focus my life on. Because I'm going to understand that if I'm going to fulfill my destiny, my ultimate goal is to bring God glory. And see, here's what it is: the story of our lives is all about Him. The story of our lives is all about Him. 
It's not a story about Troy. It's a story about God working in Troy's life. It's not, a, it's not a story about you. It's about God doing something in your life, and you recognize that, and you glorify him for what he's doing. It's, it's, live, it's understanding that if I'm living for any other reason, all I'm doing is just existing. Because when anything in creation fulfills its purpose, it brings glory to God. When a tree does well at being a tree, it honors and glorifies God. When a human does well in doing and being what God created us to be, it brings glory to God. So in areas like worship, whether it be song and giving or all those kind of ways that we can worship, or in loving people, or serving people, or acting like Jesus when everybody else is acting like whatever, I'm bringing glory to God. And here's an important one. When we share Jesus. Here's the deal. If you're wondering, what's my destiny? What's my destiny? What is it? To give God glory, but part of giving God glory is realizing that I'm here so that he might flow through me to help bring other people to a relationship and a knowledge of the love and forgiveness of Jesus on the cross. That's why I'm here. All of a sudden, God, God has created this whole story that's about him restoring a relationship with humanity through Jesus, and I get to be a partner in that and somehow helping people find a relationship with Christ. So 1 Peter 2.9 says, However, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, all those descriptors there, people who belong to God. I mean, he's just defining this. And then he goes on, You were chosen to do what? To tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, my destiny is being a part of this thing that says God does amazing things. And the chief one of that is Jesus on the cross. Next one is this. Our assignment is to fulfill Jesus' mission. Our assignment is to fulfill Jesus' mission. John 15, uh, verse 16, Jesus talking here. This is what he said. You didn't choose me. And really speaking to his disciples, his apostles, he said, I chose you. Today, all of us in this room, if we have any kind of relationship with God, it isn't because somehow you just said, you know what, today I'm going to choose Jesus. No, he chose you. And here's what it goes on to say. It says, I chose you, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Now, what's lasting fruit? Lasting fruit is what shows up and stays in eternity, Okay. That's what lasting fruit is. Now, obviously, there's fruit like peace, joy, happiness, gentleness, kindness, all those kind of things. So those are like right now. We should have those now. That's fruit that should just be happening in our lives. But the lasting fruit, the things that last forever, you know what that is? A restored relationship with Jesus lasts forever. In other words, a person that's made a decision to follow after Christ. The mission of God is for us to somehow be a part of as many people coming to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. That's the mission. That's what's lasting. That's, what I'm, that's my destiny. And so if I'm doing all kinds of other things, but I'm not part of that, I'm missing my destiny. Next one. Oh, let me, this great verse, I love this in Acts. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Last one. And this one comes right from the movie. And, and it kind of 
caught me off guard. I went to the movie, and I, was, I totally wasn't expecting for this angle to come out of this movie. Harry Potter. And, here, here, and the phrase was actually in the video, and it was this. Little, you know, ugly nose, Voldemort. Voldemort, there we go. He, he, uh, he says, the boy who, let me read it right. The boy who lived has come to die. The boy who lived has come to die. And here's, here's the, the last one, and we'll wrap this up. Our pathway is cleared. Our destiny is made possible, basically, by a willingness to die. You're like, what? A willingness to die. Man, I thought we were all about living, about having this thing. But see, here's, here's the odd little thing about this. is the way to the crown, meaning the crown of life. In other words, this, this thing that God says, yes, you fulfilled your destiny. The way to the crown is actually the cross. Two ways. Number one, it's through the cross of Christ. In other words, I come to that cross and I realize Jesus did everything for me. I could never do it myself. He died. So then in return, what I do is I yield willingly my life as though I'm dead for his service. That's when I begin to find my destiny. That's when it becomes alive. And so the boy who lived has come to die means I have come to the end of myself. I am ready to die. It is a willingness to pay the price and fulfill my destiny. See, here's the problem. Let me just kind of nitpick a little bit. Some of us, anytime it comes to any kind of sacrifice, any kind of suffering, any kind of I've got to give more than I want to give, we say, forget this, I'm out of here. That's what we do. The cookies were stale. The coffee was cold. The chairs weren't soft enough. I mean, nobody ever says any of those kind of things here, but I'm just throwing out some hypothetical. And so, but we get this thing, well, if, it, if it isn't convenient, if it's, and so what happens is our commitment is based on what we feel like doing. And see, Jesus is saying this, basically, in this, in this idea, or this thought, is if you want to find your destiny, you've got to come to the point where you are willing to die to yourself. Like, I don't know if I can do that. Well, you know what it means? is You're saying, Jesus, you sacrificed everything on the cross. I'm willing to give my life to follow you. So then he goes on. He says, like 2 Timothy, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we also live with him. Mark, Jesus speaking here, he says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if you, if any of you, wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. And here's the phrase, take up your cross. In other words, die to yourself and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake, and he gives specific direction, of the good news, you will save it. So Harry Potter, even though it's kind of one of those out there kind of movies in some ways, got a really, really, really deep spiritual truth at the end, and that is this, is that the way to the crown is through the cross, and you have to be willing to die. Now let me close as the worship team comes. So what about you? What about you? What about your situation today? Where are you, where are you at? I mean, do you know that you have a destiny with God? 
Do you, do you know that you're part of this epic story that's happening, that somehow God is, is maybe tapped you on the shoulder and tapped you on the back and said, I, I choose you? God's doing that. He is doing it. It's, it's across the board. Matter of fact, there's a scripture I think is very fitting for this moment. It says this, Matthew, Jesus speaking, he says, For many are invited, but few are chosen. Well, that stinks. It means that I, I choose her. No, I don't choose him. Choose her. No way. Is that what God's doing? I mean, is he somehow, he's, he's inviting everybody, but there's only a few that are chosen. So it's like, hey, everybody, the tickets are all out there, but only a few of them really work. What's he doing? No, here's what's happening. The difference between being invited and being chosen is how I respond. The difference between being invited and being chosen is how I, how I respond. Everyone is invited. The chosen say yes to a God-designed destiny. Yes, God. I want to fulfill the destiny you have for me. Yes, I will be holy. Yes, I will give you all the glory. Yes, I will allow you to flow through my life. Yes, I will be willing to die to myself. Yes. And see today, maybe you've been missing your destiny with God because you haven't said yes yet to the invitation. And Jesus is inviting you to fulfill your destiny, but you have to say yes. Yes to understanding it's all about me. Yes to understanding it's all about glorifying you. Yes to understanding it's all about your mission. It's all, yes, yes. That's what it is. Those who pray, heads bowed, eyes closed, you and God in this moment right here. You say, you know what, Pastor Troy, I've never come to that point in my life where I've just simply said, yes, I will fulfill your destiny in my life. I'm yours. I'm willing to be holy. God, forgive me for the things that have been unholy. God, have your way in me. Lord, everything I do from this moment forward will be about glorifying you, not me in any shape or form, but just you. Lord, I'm saying yes right now. If that's you, would you just wave your hand at me so I know? Yeah, yes, yes, all over the room. Lord, I pray right now for those that have raised their hands that simply you would impart faith to grab a hold of what has happened already on the cross of what sacrifice you've laid down to pave the way for this great and awesome opportunity to walk with you. Lord, forgive us and help us to walk with you. Help us to find our destiny. In Jesus' name, amen.